Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Two Cents for Conversation. I'm your host, VJ. And welcome back if you're a regular listener. I'm still trying to work on the intro music. I'm just trying to be careful and not overdo it because I don't feel like getting sued by anybody being petty. I ain't got shit. So forgive me. I think there's a way I could add music, but I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. So if I figure it out, cool, I get a cookie. But if I don't, this is the quiet intro that we'll get. Ooh, so much has happened. So much has happened. Like, I, in theory, I would love to have a podcast where I have a regular schedule. But the type of person that I am, I like digesting everything that I catch an interest in or I observe. I like digesting it and I like giving everything a chance to marinate per se, because in this world that we live in the internet era, you know, this crazy political climate, this crazy social climate, shit be popping off so fast. And, you know, I get my friends that be like, nah, you need to hit on these things while they're hot and everything. And I'm just like, nah. I like letting shit marinate because shit be happening so fast. And if I don't let shit marinate, I feel like what I talk about is going to be outdated or is going to be proven wrong or proven right. Let me give myself some credit. And I'm not a person that reacts and then thinks about it later. I like letting shit process, marinate, and then I'll give my two cents on it and maybe that's just the Virgo in me like I don't know I don't dig reacting offhand like I've done that before excuse me I've ate some grapes grapes nigga um I've done that before in my life and it never worked out for me being impulsive like I had I used to have and I guess see like it's I don't want to say my friends Cause like people I call my friends are, I'm pretty distant, but at the same time, like I don't have any ill resentment. So it's just like, I don't want to say like used to be friend. Cause like, I mean, if shit gets patched up, then I ain't even got no hard feelings. But at the time it's just like, I'm boo off of you. Um, but anyways, people that I hang out with for sake of a story, um, impulsive like I mean I I attract I I don't mind being around impulsive people but when it gets out of pocket that's when I'm kind of like draw back because it's kind of like if you're getting too impulsive to the point where it's starting to like affect me in a negative way then I can't do it like impulsive is good when you out and about and you try to live your life but when there are serious things at hand and you want to be impulsive with yourself or impulsive with the people around you, I don't rock well with that. So I try, I, I've grown out of being attracted to impulsiveness and I'm very like careful about it nowadays. So I don't, I don't try, I, I, I don't like my podcast being based off impulsive reactions unless it's just like pure like comedy, like the whole Will and Jada in August entanglement thing like that was lighthearted so we can we can be impulsive about that but 
certain shit you can't be so welcome welcome i know it's been a while um everything's going good uh lots happened first off uh rest in peace king vaughn he was a chicago rapper uh he recently got shot while in a fight um i don't want to say a, a gang fight in literal like different crews in a sense but it was a gang fight where it was like multiple people involved so I mean it by numbers not specific gangs like you know different sets it's it was just gang I say gang fight in a sense of the numbers of young men involved um very tragic um so rest in peace to him peace to his family um and people and you know his friends and his industry partners um i i kind of liked his music it wasn't bad um he gave me a real like with the few tracks that i did enjoy um because i'm not gonna sit here and say like i'm a super ride or die fan but there's a couple things i you know i keep on repeat and um he he gave me a real like easy e boys in the hood feel with some of his material of you know narrating his life and um narrating the life he lived in his music and i and i enjoy that out of a rapper um because it's kind of like any motherfucker could get on the hook and say the same shit and be a little bopper but like me personally I do like a rapper that can narrate his story and his life and make it a bop and, you know, have that drill and have that cadence. And, you know, I want I like a, I like the visual aspect of it or being able to visualize your your life in your music. I love that. Like for me, that's what separates a good rapper from uh pop rapper or a gimmicky rapper like I like rappers that narrate um you know that's why I loved like J. Cole and Kendrick because they narrate I love Kevin Gates he narrates his life um you know who else does it um a lot of rappers do and I love it um oh who's another good one back in the day I guess you can say Kanye I mean, he still kind of does it now. Aside of his other shenanigans, you know, he is a artist that illustrates his life through his work. And I do appreciate it and I do enjoy it and I do consume it and I don't mind it. I don't mind consuming it. Like I can be a proud Patreon of music that that does that because I feel like art is supposed to narrate what the artist is going through or artist is supposed to narrate their experience and everything through their art, whether it's painting or music or writing, you know what I mean? Like through your art is what we're supposed to see. We're through your art is how we see what you see through your eyes. So, um, you know, in terms of King Vaughn's rapping, even if you're not really into Chicago drill gang rap, um, you know, aside of the actual literal content, you can appreciate that uh he narr he he 
narrated his life through his music well and that's what I revered in his music um so a lot a little bit I mean he wasn't too big he wasn't too popular yet he was just starting out so like not a lot of people were into his music like I said I only know a couple tracks I I barely started getting the ear for his voice where I would be able to say like oh that's King Vaughn on a track or anything I barely started getting my ear for his voice and um you know it's a tragedy what I guess what happened was and it was like all caught on tape too like what happened was because he has a beef with Quando Rondo another upcoming rapper I love Quando Rondo by the way I like Quando Rondo's music more than King Vaughn's to be honest um I've seen Quando Rondo in concert as well and he's a little bit more of a singer, singer rapper. He's like um he's like a Tyler Dallas sign, a boogie kind of feel, like where he's more melodic than an actual like, you know, bar spitter. But he can really like he has a higher he has a high kind of high pitched voice. But it's crazy because like he can really sing that way. So I and so when I saw him in concert, I absolutely loved it because it's kind of like, damn, you sound just like you do on your. And it wasn't lip syncing; he was really singing a cappella. Like I really heard his voice and I loved it. Um, but anyways, as I digress, um, he um, he has beef because of another beef, or Quando Rondo is affiliated with the artist that King Vaughn has beef with. I'm not going to get into the details because it's not that important. It really isn't. Like, it's it's not that deep. And that's why it's a tragedy. So, um, yeah, like, uh, I guess Quando, Rondo, and King Vaughn got in a scuffle, got in a fight. And then King Vaughn's people started um ganging up on the fight and then Quando Rondo's people came and from out of Quando Rondo's people um a trigger got pulled for one reason or another King Vaughn's people pulled another trigger so it was like two people I think died two young men died two two young black men died King Vaughn and um or actually, maybe it was, I think two people died, and the guy that shot King Vaughn got shot, but he didn't die. And um, it's it's sad. It, it's, it was unnecessary. It's sad. These are young black men, um, you know, coming up from, coming up from the, out the mud, talented, and, you know not even at their full potential so it's very sad um the only the only thing i want to say as an older person as an older black person and as an older woman older black woman because i'm getting there i'm not super old but i'm getting there like these guys are like 22 through 26 and I'm 28 now. Um, first of all, like, it's just sad because it's so not worth it. Like, you know, what is, and I mean, I I can only say so much because I'm a woman. 
And so my whole wiring and thought process and breaking things down is completely different from a young man's. And I can totally acknowledge that, especially a young man that's group that young men have grew, grown up in different areas in the world and in crazier places than I have, like Chicago and uh, Georgia and everything. But um, I just, I just don't understand like what's wrong with just duking it out. Like why you, I mean, I get why you got to pull out the guns because of a pack of niggas pack you out. You can die just like a gunfight. I get it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, what what's it worth? Like shooting up an area, shooting up the crowd, like that's why like I get the notion of owning your gun, owning guns and protecting yourself. But like I'm sorry, like carrying that energy of a gun is just totally like I don't, I can't rock with it. Like, I feel like there's so much more damage coming from a, I feel like there's more damage that comes from a gun than protection that comes from it. So like, I'm not the biggest gun advocate. I'm not the biggest guns rights advocate. Like, and I don't even mean that in the sense of like, only cops got to have guns. I just mean like, everybody should, not everybody should have a gun. Like, Hell no, not all the cops should have guns. Like, not all civilians have guns. And I know that people are going to get guns. I'm not speaking on that, obviously. But it's just kind of like, you know, like, it just carries so much more weight. And then it's just sad because everybody has this whole there's this huge stigma on Chicago. And in reality, yes, it's crazy out there. But, like, from what I've also heard, like, Chicago is a beautiful town, and there's so much good history for black people in Chicago. So, it's, like, it's kind of sad because you got rappers who are trying to kind of reel it back and really illustrate, like, how all of it isn't worth it like there's another chicago rapper g herbo um he's notorious for rapping off beat like a motherfucker but his but his shit is good like he raps off beat like a motherfucker but what he's saying is some real shit like he be spitting some real shit and he's one of the few rappers that are you know one of the few rappers out of chicago who have really been on a campaign to, like, show the point that it ain't worth it. Like, what's all this for? What is all of this for? And to me, it's like Vaughn getting shot, being about this business, you know, it's kind of like, it makes me, it kind of like, it's, I don't want to say a slap in G Herbo's face, but it's like it it entirely counterproducts the campaign that G Herbo was doing, and he's like the only mainstream rapper who is campaigning like this whole notion of like cleaning up Chicago or and getting it through that it all this craziness is not worth it. 
Kanye is acting a goddamn fool. So we can't expect anything from him when it comes to Chicago. Uh, you know, I think Juice World was even from Chicago. Rest in peace. Yeah, Juice World was from Chicago and he's dead too. So many Chicago rappers die. Like, when it comes to, like, rappers dying, like, Chicago rappers are, like, an endangered, on the endangered list because it, it, it they don't make it. And, um, unless they're pop, like Kanye, Common, you know, um, shit, we must, we gotta protect G Herbo and Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper's pop, though, he's not really in the shits like that, um, but it's kind of like G Herbo has been on a, and I guess Chance to a degree, because Chance be speaking on, he be collabing with G Herbo on some shits, they have a really good track, uh, PTSD, I love that song, and, um, you know, it's just like they're really on a campaign to, you know, just show that like, it ain't worth it. And, you know, that there's a real there's a deeper problem than just people thinking niggas is wild and like, no, like this shit is systemic. This shit is generational. Like there's a lot to it. So it's kind of like King Vaughn being reckless, not reckless, but having that type of energy because I definitely let's be real I could tell that nigga was with the shits and you could tell when a nigga is with the shits like and I'm you know I'm not surprised that King Von got murdered you know what I mean and I say that respectfully um because you can tell when people bring a certain energy and it's kind of like, yeah, like, this was bound to happen. I think he was involved with, like, another shootout earlier in a year or, like, last year or so that we know of. <laughs> and, you know, he's gotten acquitted for murder and shit like that. Like, that nigga, that nigga's hot. Like, that nigga, and I don't mean terms of looks. Like, that's that nigga's hot. Like that nigga be in shit and he be bringing shit so you know it's kind of like being about that life um I was listening to another podcast talking about it and I ain't gonna shout them out because I ain't getting paid but um you know it's kind of like when do you get to the point of where you move differently because you want to actually do better and live better and you can tell between these rappers with how they move you know who's trying to move in a way so that they can be long-standing and who's moving because they're just living in the moment and they still in that survival or gotta get it now or you know you only live once or you never know how long I'm going to be here till kind of mode. So they just be reckless as fuck and doing what they got to do. And respectfully, King Vaughn was that, that ladder. So whereas you can see like G Herbo, you know, he really about his family. He trying to really say something to like prolong 
the life of his community and prolong his community and speak on where he came from and um you know that's my only critique it's kind of like you you know you got to have that you got to have good energy when you move in the world because sure enough like that negative energy will come back to you in some form of way and you know that's not to say that it always happens like that because rest in peace nipsey hustle you know sure he had great energy but something you know he was murdered as well and um you know it's crazy it's crazy so yeah everybody's kind of everybody in the hip-hop world is kind of talking about that right now um you know ti made a fucking sassy ass comment about that shit like oh atlanta is progressive keep that beef shit in your own city and he claims he wasn't speaking on the King Vaughn situation. But it's like, shut the fuck up. We know what you were talking about. Like, don't try to play stupid and, like, you wasn't talking about that shit directly. You meant that shit. Fuck out of here. You didn't need to say that shit. And um, the only, but I, I disagree completely with T.I. saying what he said. Because it was, like, so unnecessary. And it's kind of like, everybody gets killed everywhere. Like... California is like, for example, is notorious for fucking people not from California dying here. Like, fuck out of here. Like, shut the fuck up. Um, the only thing I, the only little bit that I will agree with Ti, which brings me to my next topic, is King Von died on election day. So my only point with my only cosign with the little bit, my only somewhat agreeance with Ti is. What were y'all niggas doing fighting? Like, y'all supposed to be out there voting, being productive. Like, that was a, supposed to be a productive day for this country. And y'all niggas are out here fighting and shooting and getting killed. So, and killing. So, it's kind of like, come on, y'all. Like, this ain't the time for this shit. This ain't the time for it. Um, So, which brings me to my next topic is the elections are finally over. Oh my gosh. I feel like I probably should have talked a little bit more about the elections, but you know, everybody, I I just, I didn't, I don't talk about, I didn't talk about the campaign because it's like, no matter what you say, everybody's going to have their own opinion on politics, no matter fucking what. So it's like, there's only so much you can say out of, you know, where it's just, you're another opinion in the crowd. And I'm not that credentialed. And, you know, I'm only looking at it on an observant standpoint. But, I mean, I comprehend the fuck out of this shit. So, you know. But anyway, let's do my afterthoughts. This is a very interesting election. Um, I think since the last election, in a time frame kind of sense, this was, I think, I would say like, this is the, I guess, second election 
where it has a, there's a big social media preference. I mean, the social media presence involved in it. Because when Obama ran the first time, um, Facebook was just starting. Twitter was just starting. When Obama ran the second time, um, you know, people were still kind of just getting in the groove of social media. It wasn't obsessive like it is now. Like, 2012, like, people were just still on, like, Facebook. It was like, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. But now it's TikTok, it's Instagram, it's Twitter, it's Facebook, it's everything, 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 everything. And, um, last year and this year with everybody being home, it's like times 10 that everybody is on social media. So I would say within our pretty much of our whole history of campaigns and politics, like these last two elections, uh, what is it? 2020, 2016 and 2020 have been the campaigns and elections with the biggest social media presence involved. So I think that's quite interesting. And um, yeah, it's crazy because Donald Trump is crazy as shit. And like so many crazy things have happened. Like we got, we had these crazy ass debates we had um, polarizing political ideologies. We had race baiting, and I and I mean that on both sides, black and white. We have some first, like we have Kamala Harris being the first woman VP, paralleling the first color the first person of color as a vice president. Um, So there's a whole mood shift of that as well. And it's a lot. Um, Joe Biden won the election. Thank fucking God. Like, (laughs) and people are losing their shit on both ends. Um, Trump is still trying to say the election is rigged. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You fucked up everything. And check this out. He didn't even fuck up everything like he was supposed to fuck up everything. The only good thing that we were waiting for Trump to do out of all his fucks ups was crash the fucking housing market so we could get our houses. And that didn't happen. He crashed this bitch with a fucking disease. So it's like, nigga, you didn't even fuck up the right way. Like, at least Bush crashed it where we could have afford houses and shit. You crashed it and shut everything the fuck down. So it's kind of like, you didn't even crash this bitch correctly like you were supposed to. You crashed it with disease. You've crashed it with a fucking... um. What's the word? You crashed it with a fucking inconvenient as fuck disease. And you have the nerve. And then it's like, 
oh, there's just so much that I could, like, I could talk shit about Trump for two fucking days straight, nonstop. And it's just crazy. And what pisses me off, I don't know if I've said it before or previously, and I'm going to speak on it just because I see it, I've seen it out of my community more or less than other communities, unless they're trying to fucking pander and um, play, there's, I don't know how to describe it, when, when racist people try to point out the flaws of the communities that they it's okay so let me just let me just explain what the fuck is pissing me off and what I want to rant about so as we all so the election is over Joe Biden won everybody is happy for one reason or another and we still have some black people that still make the point of we shouldn't celebrate or we shouldn't be proud because of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's um, previous previous uh, roles in system systemic oppression, and they keep on talking about the ninety four crime bill. They keep on talking about Kamala Harris's uh, experience as a prosecutor. And they keep on saying, you know, why are we fucking celebrating? And this is just like the devil versus Satan and all this other stuff, right? All right. And it's kind of like, it kind of ticks me off when I see it because it's like lazy. Because it's literally the same points. It's the only points that anybody's pointing out. The only thing, like, it's kind of like, out of all the things that Trump has done, you want to parrot each other about these two, these two only points. Like, there hasn't been anything else that has fucked over black people from any other politician. Like, I'm not trying to excuse what happened and the longstanding consequence of, or the longstanding impact of that, these things in our community by all means, but let's, let's be realistic about a couple things, shall we? The first thing I want to be realistic about is everybody's talking about the 94 crime bill, right? And I talk to my mom about this all the time. And I'm and I'm only going to bring it up because I find it a little I'm I'm going to make a relative point about it. Um the 94, you know, when you look back at the 94 crime bill and Joe Biden's legacy, it's like people got to understand that how do I break this down? It's kind of like a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation. Um, first thing is, black people that are bringing up this 94 crime bill, they're kind of, we're kind of having this attitude that, you know, there was nothing to be addressed during that time. Like, everybody was just getting pinned on crack charges, crack um distribution of crack charges out of nowhere and it's kind of like no 
because everybody, every black person, damn near almost every black person I know, and I say this respectfully, has a crackhead in the family or has a person that was addicted to crack in their family. That is my age. So when you look at, not not the person addicted to crack is my age, but any a lot of black people my age have family members that have had substance abuse and immediate family members at that. So it's not even like, oh, this was my great-great-grandparent or great-great-uncle that had a crack abuse problem. No, these are parents. These are aunts and uncles. These are immediate family members that have drug problems. So that tells you that during that time frame, something was happening. There was motherfuckers slinging crack cocaine out there. So it was a real thing. It's a real fucking thing. Um, you know, and I say that respectfully because I get it. Addiction is a disease and it doesn't help when you're in crazy circumstances and when you probably have mental health problems or traumas or depression and things like that because previous people people that I've seen and talked to that have had previous drug problems it goes back to a mental health issue like depression or something happening to them so it it means it it was a real thing back then it's not some Oh, they were just pinching people, selling weed, and giving them these crazy charges. Like, yes, that happened, but there was also a crack cocaine drug epidemic. And then there's a lot of other things that were wrong in that period of time, too. Like, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have the resources and the education wasn't out there of like what this really is tied to. Um, You know, we are barely, it's 2020 and we're barely acknowledging mental health without a stigma. So do you guys really think that back in 94, (laughs) um, they were talking about, oh, it's because of mental health? Like, no, they, we barely acknowledge it now. So what the fuck do you think was happening in 94? So, lack of education, lack of knowledge, lack of care, and so it's kind of like, there's a lot of things in context of that whole point that people just want to dismiss when we're talking about Joe Biden. And kind of, I'm not really going to speak on Kamala Harris, my only point is, look, she's a prosecutor, that's her fucking job whatever like she ain't doing that shit no more everything she's been doing as a senator hopefully as a vp will be in a better energy than as a prosecutor and i've been watching and i watched some things uh i can't remember in particular what i was watching um maybe it was on youtube i watched because there's two youtubers um, for Harriet and Julesy, and they break down um, politic, political conversations really, really well. So if you really want um, a credentialed, um, educated, 
insight on it, definitely tune into them on YouTube and um they break it down very well. Um I think it was I think it was on the For Harriet channel though when um they were talking about Kamala Harris and her prosecuting legacy and the person that she was speaking to on this particular YouTube episode she did say that you you tend to get more prosecutors becoming politicians just because of that's kind of the mode they set for themselves or it was some reason though I don't want to quote misquote but point blank period she did say like it's more common that prosecutors become politicians so this is not an abnormal abnormal abnormality sorry of a prosecutor becoming a politician and and I don't think a lot of people know that so we tend to to clutch our pearls at the fact that this woman that was prosecuting is now becoming a politician where it's like this shit been happening um you know a lot of shit that we complain about is at state level so there's only so much we can complain about when we still got places in this country that are still being governed by people that were alive during Jim Crow and they find loopholes and state loopholes to keep black people oppressed and this is what my point is it's kind of like a damn if you do damn if you don't because we look at a recent um proposition that was just put out I don't I think it didn't pass a re a re um a reestablishment of affirmative action and I didn't know what to do on it because I was a little conflicted because when I read the proposition from what I understood because this shit is they they word this shit terrible Long story short, from what I understood was that we wanted to bring affirmative action back to give minorities a chance for more opportunities and pretty much provide a quota that minorities get this opportunity. But in the meantime, if we allow this proposition, then it takes away the equal opportunity law where it just says everybody gets a fair shot equal. And it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't, because who's to say what the fuck this quota is going to be for certain groups and who's going to and who's to say that once this quota gets met, that these institutions will stop giving a fuck about these groups. So, you know, I'm not going to say in particular what I voted on, but I just found it interesting because it's very parallel to the crime bill where Joe Biden had explained on his campaign that, yes, there were things that have long-term consequences in this crime bill, but on the flip side, there were a lot of things that came out of this crime bill. Like, there was a lot of rehabilitation points, there was a crimes against women points, and what he broke down was that the crime bill was intended to make sure that everybody gets the same penalty, black or white. But what happens is states, they just target particular groups 
So now it's only black people are getting targeted and black people are getting locked up with these crazy ass bills versus the notion of without this bill, people in the court systems could probably take a chance and get a flexible sentencing. But then that backfires because then you get people who don't get the same sentencing, black or white. You get a black person that'll get X amount of years and you get a white person that gets X amount of years. So it's kind of like parallel. It's kind of like, for me, it was very similar to the affirmative action where it's kind of like, do we keep the hiring standard the same of giving everybody the same equal opportunity or do we take our chances and roll with the flexibility of getting an opportunity to get a uh, you know to get opportunities based on our race versus and you know hopefully that plays out in our best interest if if any of that makes sense I know I kind of it's kind of tricky to think about but it's kind of like, do we take the, do we take the, the whole standard of everybody gets the same, or do we take the gamble of where we might get a little less or a little more depending on the cards we get dealt. So. I feel like that's why I feel like it's really lazy for people to talk about just a crime bill in terms of Joe Biden. And here we got Donald Trump acting a whole goddamn asshole. Like that ain't that like shit in 94 is more precedent than what the fuck is happening now. Like Donald Trump is like firing motherfuckers because Oh, sorry, I thought I heard something. Ooh, that was weird. Um, Donald Trump is firing motherfuckers for doing the right thing. Like, as the president, like, that's a problem. Like, he recently just fired the dude in charge of the of Homeland Security because he made sure that the election was fair. Like... If you think that's a problem, if you think that's less of a problem than a crime bill from 16 years ago, I don't know what to tell you because that shit's a problem. And, um, you know, he also fired the guy in charge of like nuclear security. So that makes me wonder like, what the fuck are you about to pull nigga? Like, just because you didn't get elected president and he's like still stalling with our coronavirus relief and because like he won't transition power to Joe Biden or get ready to he won't put he won't prepare for the transition of power everything is stalling and we're getting fucked over like everybody is And it's kind of like, I don't understand why people give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt. Like, I really don't. Like, 
he's an asshole. Like, and he's always been an asshole. Like, I've never, like, everybody tries to make the point. Some people try to make the point of, like, well, nobody was tripping on him when he was a reality host or a reality star celebrity and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, nobody liked him then. Like, that nigga wasn't, I never thought that nigga was funny. Like, I get rappers referring to him in their songs, but it's kind of like, are we really taking rap lyrics at face value for our politics? Like, you know how many rappers don't live the life they rap about? Like, nah, like that's not a good reason. Like, I don't give a fuck about a rapper coining Donald Trump in their lyrics. Like, it's, it, I mean, th- that doesn't mean that he should be revered. Like, no, fuck that shit. Like, rappers coin fuck up, sh- fucked up shit all the time. That doesn't mean I should revere it. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm totally, like, for example, I'm totally, I, like, my biggest no-no for anything in terms of advice is pimping and human trafficking. Like, I feel like that shit is so icky. I feel like that shit is so tragic. I feel like that shit causes um, so much, so many problems to a person. It causes so many, so much damage to a person. And so whether it's consensual or not, like, I am, I'm not a big selling your body person. Like, I think people, I think an individual is worth so much more than that. I think an individual contribute can contribute to society so much more than selling their body. And I know pussy makes the world go round. I'm not hating if you got to do what you got to do. I think I, and I've said it before in another episode, but it's kind of like, I just feel like there's so much more we can do with ourselves. So I just want better. So that's a big no, no for me. But that doesn't, like, and how many rappers talk about pimping? Like, all of them. That doesn't mean, like, yeah, like, oh, pimping must be okay because rappers are doing it. Like, no, like, I get it. It's catchy. Some motherfuckers have to do that shit. You know what I mean? Like, there's a different, there is a social context of the way they say it as well. Like Ludacris talking about pimping is not the same as Sugar Free talking about pimping. Like those are two totally different pimpings around here. Like, so there's a whole social context of it. Like, no, like that isn't, like I get the terms, I I get the notion of rappers saying particular shit because it's just, it, it, it makes the bop bop but so it's kind of like what the fuck like Trump is like that like just because a fucking rapper says it doesn't mean that it's oh fucking K like fuck out of here like no like Charles Trump ain't shit like I remember when I was young and I asked my mom I was like I, I just said something because I've you know I'm just hearing about I'm I'm in tuned with reality TV and shit like that. It was really big back in the day when we were in middle school, MTV and all that shit, VH1. And I was like, you know, is Trump Tower really all that gas? And she was like, no. She was like, Donald Trump is bankrupt and that shit is tacky as fuck. And I was like, and my mom is bougie, okay? Like, my mom is bougie. So if my mom was like, Trump shit is tacky as fuck, 
Trump shit's probably tacky as fuck. Like, so what the fuck are we really coining? Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, stop having so much reasonable doubt for, stop giving so much reasonable doubt to Donald Trump. Like, he ain't shit. He ain't qualified. Like, people are really trying to be like, oh, I don't want a politician running my country. I want somebody else with a different approach running the country. Okay, go get a social service worker then. Don't get a fucking reality TV star. Like, get somebody that's actually worked with people then. Trump is out of touch of reality, clearly. And it's like, would you want a fucking fireman like doing your surgery like no like we need people that like know what they're fucking doing and the trick is not finding somebody that it's it's not about somebody that does that's not a politician it's about finding the right politician and I know they uh, there's an old cliche like all oh, politicians lie everybody fucking lies like what what antidotes are we giving here like these are all empty antidotes like like what what are we what are we what are we saying at the end of the day what is the solution what is what is going on and in the and like everybody you know some people chant still chant Bernie Sanders and still burn stand Bernie Sanders and give him so much reasonable doubt. And I'm and I'm saying this to from a place with love for Bernie Sanders. I voted for Sanders in the primary. So you can't even come at me and say like I'm just a corporate Democrat or I'm having corporate Democrat opinions. Like no 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 no. I'm being realistic. Everybody's standing Bernie Sanders and saying like he could have been a better, he could have done a better job and all this other shit. And it's like, Bernie Sanders is old as fuck too. He would have been up there yelling louder than Joe Biden with Trump on the debates. It would have still been, it would have still been two old men shouting all fucking day about the same points. It, I'll bet that Bernie Sanders, because of his history, Trump probably would have had less ridiculous ammo to throw at Bernie less conspiracy to throw at Bernie and I feel that I get that point of where there's the only difference but at the same time we also have to realize as a country that this is not a liberal country let's remember that we have to remember that 50% of this country still fucking voted for almost 50% still fucking voted for Donald Trump almost 50% is still moderate. 50% is still conservative. So not everybody's going to, it's not like Bernie was going to be unanimous. He would have had the same numbers as Joe Biden. That's I was cool with either one, to be honest. Like I voted for Bernie because I am more of Bernie's policies are more in my better interest. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I'm not about to shit on Joe Biden either. Like, because either one would have been great. Either one is great. And hopefully Bernie gets in his cabinet because he does great work. Um, so it's kind of like all these empty antidotes of comparing Joe Biden and Trump and standing people and standing those who would have the same outcome is kind of like 
pointless and it's just divisive and it's just polarizing and it's lazy like bro like not to say bro to point out anybody directly but it's like what are we really complaining about you're saying like this ain't the we shouldn't be fighting over the lesser of two evils but at the same time we're talking about a human being being in charge of a whole nation of people and i made a post where i was like if you have not worked in social services you're not going to understand what the president has to deal with because social services is the very is the worker ant level of politics because of the bureaucracy social workers deal with and the different demographics of people they have to deal with it's like the lowest tier of politics and it's like you got a lot of shit to work with when you're governing people, when you're in charge of people, when you're responsible for people. So it's like, stop acting. And then, and and then you got different entities to deal with. Like the president just signs a piece of paper and everybody got to do what he say. Like, no, like he got 50 states to um wrangle with in particular. And half of those, and half of them don't want to work with the president. Either on either side, Democrats didn't want to work with Trump. Republicans don't want to work, didn't want to work with Obama. It is what it is. And that's, and I'm going to, and I'm going to wrap up this podcast with this, like, I know we want change and it's not wrong to want change. I'm not shitting on that at all. We want better. And that's the only two, only two good things about Donald Trump came. Uh, only two things out of Trump's presidency came. The first good thing is that he, the only good thing, two only good things he did was one, he treated everybody like a nigga. Black, white, Latino, Asian, old, young, rich, poor. Donald Trump treated everybody like how a nigga got, gets treated in America. So everybody got gets a taste of the bullshit that black people go through because he treated everybody like a nigga. He treated everybody like their opinion didn't matter. He treated everybody like fuck what we need and fuck what we deserve. He treated, um, he mocked people that were educated and credentialed. That happens to black people all the time you have a black person with their shit and you know nobody wants to take them serious because they're black so he mocked educated people he didn't take anything serious he only cares about himself he didn't care about anybody else he talked shit about people who served this country he talked shit about people that tried to do good things for their communities you know he he gaslighted he disenfranchised he treated everybody like how black americans have always been treated so everybody got a taste of the medicine that they've been dealing us and then number two he showed us that there's really a lot that needs to be fixed and re established in this bitch 
And, you know, we don't get to, we don't f- solve a problem until we diagnose it. And at least Trump was the symptom. So was a big enough symptom so we can say like, oh, there's a lot of shit that's wrong in here. All these precedents, all these clauses that got ignored for his constitutional crimes. Like it ain't just about him being racist. Every motherfucker's racist because the Ku Klux Klan is still not categorized as domestic terrorism. So everybody's still fucking racist until that shit gets changed. But so that's at the bottom of the barrel for me and Trump. But he, that nigga does a lot of shit that I'm pretty sure these founding fathers did not intend for that shit to go down. Even disregarding, they're not considering black people as humans. I'm amongst their own. I'm pretty sure Donald Trump is doing shit that they didn't have. And they didn't intend for amongst the white colonist like he's an asshole in the complete sense so he showed a lot of shit that needs to be fixed and hopefully you know the I mean I'm whole I because there's so much that needs to be cleaned up I'm not expecting Joe Biden and Kamala to really like do a lot socially because they have a big ass mess with this coronavirus to clean up But, you know, I do hope that people calm the fuck down and we can reestablish some form of trust in organized politics and that, you know, they everybody can start working together and stop being in this whole loyalist mindset to Trump and we can start after we get this mess cleaned up, we can start doing the talking about the things that we really want to talk about. So I'm not going to hold my breath for social issues, but at the same time, I'm, I'm keeping my eye open. So I hope y'all enjoyed this. I will talk to y'all a different day. Um, take care, stay well, stay in the house, do not go out to eat. That is where most of these outbreaks are coming from is eating out and being out and about. Stay out of big groups, stop being in, don't even be in small groups. And I hope y'all are safe and I hope y'all stay well. Peace out.